secure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM or Utility Muffins, all one word, on Instagram at Utility Muffin Labs, one word. Support the labs on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and finally, adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash Utility Muffin Labs. Utility Muffin Labs, think homogenous. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we are, we're doing our very first international episode. Uh, yeah, this this is worldwide right here yeah it's interesting we're not only in different time zones but we're not even like on the same continent we're completely different locations so this is interesting this is cool for us to do this like this for the first time so before we get started how how was your trip bob how's london <laughs> london's awesome uh place is a uh, real frozen right now but for the most part it's uh so it's like oh, man it's 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 not frozen here by the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, you, quote, to quote my lovely hostess uh, i had brought the weather with me yeah apparently <laughs> well thank you for that bob i appreciate it um, apparently i'm father winner so that's uh <laughs> <laughs> you, you so it's good took chicago to england apparently faux show all righty well today we're doing a review on the revised edition uh giovanni clan book i don't know about you bob but uh, I think this is this is one of this is definitely one of my top five clans. I would even say they vie for my number one favorite clan. There's just so much to like about this clan, and so much to hate, which is why I like them. I I'm telling you, this book pound for pound, this is another one of those that it's a sandwich crunch, right? You need number one and two, right? You need them both, and it's it's amazing to me that you can say that about you know a, a traditional clan book being done and then say the revised is just as good right yeah i I mean the first one was great right and and we've talked probably more about the giovanni clan than any other clan on this podcast just because there is such a wealth of information about this clan and you know i agree with you like reading the first one and reading the second one much more reads like an update than it does like oh wow look at the revelations because you know, like you said, it's there's not a lot changing with the clan. It's just, hey, here's where we are today. Right, right. And uh, like, the, and you can even argue and say, not even it's not even contestable. The first one was like, we need to tell you what the Giovanni vampires are. Right, straight up, their families and what they do and what they're about. And the revised one is like a touch up of what they what they are as vampires. But then goes, you want to know what we were like when we were mortals. Right. All right, here you go. Right. And here's, here's that filler and what we're about. Right, exactly. And they're talking about the the Jovian and, you know, talking about how, like, here's a family that uh, existed way back when. And we're doing all kinds of, like, spiritual, um, reverential things with their, uh, the, the, their families that have passed on, you know, their family members that have passed on and how that kind of, like, turned into nigromancy and then, of course, necromancy along the way. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a clan that's existed well before they were a clan, 
And, you know, the history of this clan doesn't really, they're not presenting you with a new view here for sure. Right. No, nah, they're putting, they're putting all the detail on it. This is the icing on the, on the cake. This is the end of the detailing of the $350,000 sports car. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And, uh, there are some things that I, I do not recall them being in the first clan book, but they may be. So don't quote me. But, um, one of the first things that, that we, we learn about them, of course, we have the story. Everybody gets a story at the beginning and we'll, you know, not dwell overly on that, of course. But one of the first things that they talk about that I don't recall being in the first book, but it may have been is Dispater, the, like the, um, the patron saint of the clan, essentially. Right. Well, Dispater is what they called the head of the, the family of the Jovians. Right. Where they were as mortals. Right, and right. you know later on they go to see what he evolved into not to cut you off you're making a point no and so so you guys know <laughs> we're we can't see each other so right. we're lacking some of that visual context so um you know if it seems a little little weird we're just we have to get our our tempo down for these podcasts where we're not in the same room but yeah the um dispater or dispater um they go into about how the giovanni clan in the modern nights are a highly catholic family right and they're catholic in the traditional like pay homage to the saints and we might be doing bad things but we're doing them for good reasons right <laughs> whatever whatever like lies they have to tell themselves but uh dispater or dispater he is believed to be the god of the roman underworld and now he stands as like the patron saint of the clan right like the giovanni might pray to him in times of need like he's that degree of powerful um and, yeah go and ahead what they do real quick just to polish on that the the fact is is that you know there's strong roman beliefs right and back in the right. day romans the roman gods were part of the family because there's an ancestor worship that was there too you know that a familiar aria is as they pronounce in the book and what they would do is you would come in and you know you'd pray to your ancestors for guidance and forgiveness and all that fun stuff but also give homage to the gods and Dispater is uh is is basically they even say it's like genuflection, right? They they say the head of their family is called Dispater for what he does. Because the Jovians did all those deals all the way back to BC, right? I mean, they say what was right. that cool ass quote the way they put it? Like they were the ones who, you know, shipped all the messages for Augustus, you know, for good old Caesar himself, and then turn around and ran shipments of uh of gold and, and equipment with uh Mark Antony. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like he, right. they were there for Rome, you know, to and fro. And so in the whole time, because they don't remember his name, they, they just assumed his, he's Dispotter. He's, he's the God of gods. Right. And he ensured, he ensured all this went down. And then it gets creepy, right? Because when Augustus gets embraced, he's Augustus himself, the antediluvian, still paying homage to Dispotter. And they're like, what is he? Is he the Roman God of air? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Well, because that's where part of the name comes from. Yeah. And they talk about him being like the Roman god of the underworld. They also give us an insight in the book here about like what Dispater really is and like what what he is in the actual game. Like he's a right. very, very old and very powerful wraith. They, they talk a little bit about wraiths. And yeah, obviously you have to when you have a clan of necromancers, but it's not like reading a wraith book. Right. They're not telling you about right. the powers of wraiths and they're not they're not at all telling you like, hey, you need to go buy this wraithly book. They tell you in this clan book 
all that you'll ever need to know as a player of this clan about Wraith. That's it, right? You don't need to invest in those. And as a storyteller, you can, but my opinion, going off on a tangent here just slightly, is that you you don't need to go and buy that book to run this game and run this clan properly because they give you every piece of instruction that you need. And they would conflict, right? Right. Because where's the line? If I'm if I'm running both Wraith High Wraith Detail and High Vampire Detail, which game am I playing at a point? Right, exactly. I mean I might as well you might as well tell your players to make Wraith characters. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just when you, just when you switch to it. And when you think about it, you know, Nigromancy is black magic, right? That's mm-hmm. literally what it is. And it was them dealing with those black arts, which we know is necromancy, right? As vampires, right. it's necromancy. So if we're dealing with spirits of the dead, and we're just forced them to do it, right? Right. They don't even, they're not even certain how they're able to do it. They just are. But if Dispatter existed when they were mortals, and he had the way, right? Had the whole way of being what he was supposed to do. At some point, obviously, he dies, but he doesn't leave. And he's still out there making deals. And in Wraith Underworld, whatever, he's, he's some big wig. Okay, awesome. Now this makes sense. Right. Because it hedges the bets, right? The G- Augustus is like, I'll control the land of the living. You got the land of the dead. And in this avenue, basically, you don't step on my turf. I don't step on yours and both sides profit. Right, right. And this despotter is called the god of wealth. But what's this do for the story? Well, it does one beautiful thing. As a storyteller, any storyteller, I don't have to tell you what despotter actually is or what he actually does because I already told you what he represents. Right. Right. He, and so every he's the rubbing of the crucifix, right? Yep. You know, he's the he's the the saint you pray to, like, ah, oh, please, despotter, get me out of this. And you know, as a storyteller, you know, they, they clearly indicate right in there if it's worthy to that that spirit and it's it's worthy enough for the clan, maybe he might even hear you and take action. Maybe. You know, and that's up to you. You know, that's up to you as a storyteller. Um I, I wanna I wanna say personally reading through this book this is like one of the most quotably humorous books that you're going <laughs> yeah. to read um there this, just in the first page here this tells the tale of every giovanni there's this quote here that i want to read and it just says most of the young ones have lazy sires or only listen when we get to the parts about making a million dollars or sitting on their brother's faces most right. of the young most of the young ones die and i thought that that was like I've I've had more than one Giovanni character that didn't didn't last too long, but that's something that everyone is aware of. Like these are different days, and the young ones die. And uh, there's another quote further down the road, um, but I just thought that that one was pretty significant. I mean, the significance because it tells pretty much all about the Giovanni in one thing, right? You know what I mean? Here's here's one of the taboos also that I like that they skirt around but don't but actually maybe they don't skirt around. They just smash you in the face from a different angle. They talk about the ancestral purity of the bloodline. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's and it's like it's done in a way where it's like, yeah, it's there. What? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. I am my own grandpa. I don't see what the issue is. Right. And and yeah. they it exactly. You know, they they talk about like, eh, you know, we get to the point where um, you know, a couple hundred years go by and, uh, we don't, we don't really, you know, it's not all inbreeding like that would just be crazy. Right. But you know, <laughs> it's all right. You you get rich and you know, you start to explore avenues that others, uh, wouldn't explore necessarily. And, and very, yeah. very eloquently the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the author of the story, the, the narrator is just like, yeah, yeah, we, we get into it, but let's move along. 
and it's it's so good i mean he you know even in the story in the way they write the clan book again the guy's like listen i'm gonna do you a favor mm-hmm. you know it's something that sh- that should be done every now and again it's good it's done for you i'm not gonna fill your head full of that protozoan you know we came from we're not descendants of some psychotic farmer that right <laughs> right exactly out of the woodwork to make us who we are and you know they're and, and to, for the for that part they're right right you know the way the Giovanni were written, they're kind of self-made clan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because of that, I think that's why both you and I like them so much. Yeah. It, it, there's a, my summarization of the first couple of pages when they talk about it. This is what I can take from it. One, Kane is bullshit. Two, the underworld is a real place. It's a place you can go to. It's got an address. And three, God has a plan, and we're a part of it. Like <laughs> and, and traditional God, right? We don't know what it is, <laughs> but here we are and we we're we're just doing our thing and they do that cool quote in there too where they're like you know we don't know why wolves get to eat deer but we're not about to stop and ask god why right you know where it's we're basically highlighting the fact that vampires exist and no he didn't explain to us why we're allowed to exist but hey you're here what are you going to do with it right and so uh i would say uh you know we are we know and if you've listened to this podcast you you know where the Giovanni, uh, where they came from, right? And, and so I don't. I, we shouldn't spend too much time on that now, but the opinion of the Cappadocians or the opinion of the Giovanni about the Cappadocians can be summarized like this, and it's in the in the book on page twenty, and it says, "Fuck them all, they're dead now." I don't think you can put it any other way. Right. I mean, that's that's a mouthful <laughs> right. in of itself, right? So, um, you know, that's that's. The the Giovanni were brought into the fold of a clan that had a peculiar sort of concept about life and death, and the Giovanni did not waste time in taking over that family and um, basically getting rid of both the founder of that clan and those that were loyal to him and took it over. So see Clan Book One or uh, any of the Giovanni Chronicles for further details. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's very true. So what did you think of the uh, their their concept about the fact? The little tidbit I caught was where they were talking about the Jovians and said, if you want to know how powerful they are, they're probably the ones who sold who sold Christ or sold the iron and put the nails on Christ's cross and yeah. were part of the carpenters who constructed the wood. Yeah, that I, I found that quite entertaining. The other thing is the endless night. Like we talk about it, you know, and people want to, people like crunch, right? Actual numbers. Right. And uh, the 100,000 souls, this has always been fascinating to me, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about, excuse me, 100 million yeah, I was souls. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's 100 million. Yeah. Right. Well, if I knew math, you yeah, know, no, that's, that's okay. <laughs> it's kind of an important thing. But the 100 million souls and like how they plan to collect them, right? Necromancy being the obvious choice. But it really highlights that this clan is way more than money. You know, it's way more than, you know, what suit you're wearing or, you know, hey, purity of the blood. But that period of the blood, you know, tying it back to that whole, oh, man, they're incestuous. It's because they're trying to preserve the tie to the necromancy. And a lot of necromancy comes from roots of strong roots of people being powered by blood, like something in the blood, some deal made a long time ago by a potent necromancer or necromancer, one of black magic enables them to command the dead. But right. that command is superimposed. You know what I mean? And it's like a theme for Thaumaturgy, excuse me, a theme for necromancy. And the main reason that it sets it apart from Thaumaturgy, right? Thaumaturgy right. is the way of miracles. It's like a, it's like a immortal hack to magic. 
you know, we can't do real magic, but we discovered this blood sorcery. Right. Wah, wah. You know, whereas necromancy seems to be, you know, we have to do these dark things, obeying these ancient laws of a forgotten black art that allows us to use our blood to grant and circumvent it, but we can't quite get rid of the stigma that it's strongest in this particular bloodline. And that's why we have it. And arguably, that's why it's easier for some to use and wield, obviously, the merits you pick and whatever as players build. But that's supposed to highlight, hey, you're able to do that, Jack, because the blood that you come from. Right. Exactly. So odds are, so odds are it's purity of a blood issue. And, you know, some ancient bygone pact, which to me always makes the Giovanni more mysterious and cooler, in my opinion. Because, you know, what's, what's, a van, what's an immortal without the history of power? Well, and the thing is too that that you learn in here um, some some interesting details about what necromancy is and why necromancy is a thing, right? They start to tell you about how basically your spirits are they're on a quest, right? They have a purpose. They're fueled by emotions, and you can ask them to do things that help you, you know. And and it goes back to like the the pre Christian era. You know, we can ask the spirits of our loved ones to help us, or they're tied to certain things that keep them here, that keep them on their quest to finish whatever unfinished business they had. And that's the thing that they emphasize here too. Spirits only exist because something very emotional happened to them and they've got unfinished business that they're trying to get done, right? And you can ask a spirit to be like, hey, help me out. And if it aligns with their purpose, maybe they will. Or you could use their things called fetters and force them to help you by threatening them and by causing them pain. And, you know, these are, these are things that they go into. But again, we talk about like, how detailed do we want to be? We want to be as detailed as the Giovanni are, right? The Giovanni use very specific terms that are not uh they're not in other books right because they have their own perspective they have their own right. necromantic views on the world and so you know to me it's it's very interesting there's a lot of quotes here um one of the the quotes that i was looking for is when they're talking about using necromancy so the author says believe me if it was easier to force an invisible ghost into the conference rooms of investment firms law partnerships, courtrooms, senators, bedchambers, and well, anywhere insider information either occurs or discussed, we'd be a hell of a lot more influential than we already are. In fact, we might not even need to hide from the world at all at this point. What is that telling you, Bob? What does it tell me? Uh, well, I'll tell you right now, uh, what the picture it paints is the fact that these, these spirits resist. They right. got their own plans. <laughs> right, right. You know, they're not necessarily sticking around to help your ass. They're here for their own agenda. And when you dip your hand in, you know, use necromancy to cross that boundary to try to make a deal. What deal can you make someone who's already dead? And what threat could you possibly offer them? Right. You know, or what benefit, excuse me. However, if you know the objects they're tied to or that which keeps them around, that's a different matter entirely. Right. And so, you know, it's easier to threaten and actually go through with the threat you know, to make a deal to force them to action than it is to actually try to negotiate. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, basically it's an indication that, that spirits and money and wealth are a tool and they're a tool towards a singular goal, 
right? The singular goal for this clan is the endless night, like Bob was saying. What is the point of the endless night? The entire point of the endless night is to rip apart the Sudario. That's that place. That's their term uh, to describe the invisible kind of film door that separates the land of the dead from the land of the living. Because if that's torn down, and we've talked about this at length in other right. podcasts, if it's gone, they have absolute power because they have the ability to control those wraiths who can't be touched by the living. Right. You know, no bullets going to get rid of them. You can use a cross that you like to try to exercise them. They're going nowhere once that barrier is tear- torn down. And it's just basically romp a room and only the dead benefit. And if you're the ones who control them, that's a, a shoe in as to who's ruling what. Right. And uh, they go into, um, after after we talk about the Endless Night, and I mean, that's like a theme that is um, very pertinent to this clan. Um, so, you know, definitely when you're reading this book, you want to touch on that subject. Um, but after that, we talk about um, the expansions into other families and, uh, you know, how there's uh, the, the Giovanni, but then also they have expanded and included other families into the, into the group. Essentially they've adopted other families in, um, which we've talked about too. Like they're not, there's not some great revelation here. This is like the same stuff we've talked about. Right. Yep. For sure. And, uh, the, the new additions though, like we know we've mentioned the, the pissing of the milliners, right. All that fun stuff. Uh, but they have stuff in here. Uh, to name, well, I'll name the most exciting one because of interest of time. There's actually a couple that they definitely opened the door to. Yeah. But this is the more interesting one that I would say get a lot of listeners to want to read it. They talk about a specific section called Holiday in Cambodia. And what this is, <laughs> the, right? The exactly. Nate's laugh should tell you how sinister <laughs> this shit is. Right. Um, it talks about the Della Pasaglia uh, family. Uh, they made a concerted effort to access Cambodia in 1970s during the height of Pol Pot's killing fields because they missed the death camps that Hitler and Stalin had going back right, in the day. Right, right. Why is this important? Mass scale death, right? The ability to study why a wraith is made and what makes a specter. But those aren't Giovanni terms. Let's use their terms, right? Uh, Spiriti is an actual ghost, right? That's a wraith, right? Straight up. The normal wraith that most people have heard of that Giovanni use. Then there's the spectri. Those are specters. For those of you who know the term, the wraith terms. Why it's important, because again, to sell home the Giovanni family is to use their terminology because that's what they've learned. Right. 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 When a player takes something like Wraithlore and they try to turn around and start using guild names that the Rays use for themselves, we're crossing that line of understanding. And, and in right. fact, we're meta. Right. You know what I mean? At that point, you're just ruining the game itself because the family doesn't even know them to be anything other than what they are. Right. And they know there's a social hierarchy and a way of being. They know about the landscape of the land of the dead because they've people have been there. There's a power that lets them go there. Right. They don't have the foggiest clue as to what you know they may call themselves or what's this the, the dark wraiths they encounter. They came up with their own terminology for it. Right. Absolutely. And that's sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. So when that happens, you know, when you keep that in mind. You know, when you hear a term like, you know, the the spectre and you're like, oh, what is that? That's a chance for a storyteller to educate the player and let them dig deeper. And you may even decide as a storyteller to allow that player to be the one to learn, you know, hey, I just learned of a specific masker guild that they have in the, in this world of the Wraith. And apparently it's just in depth to some of our clans and the families. Hmm, now you're doing well for yourself. You know, here's a benefit. Learn more. You know, that's a plot device. 
that on a personal level a player can develop. And I always applaud that. And clearly they outline that possibility in this book by giving you the terminology. But the fact is, as a whole, always think this, how are you contributing to the endless night? Right. Right. Are you, are you paying tithe? Right. Who cares what tea party these people attend to in the land of the dead point is, how are they affecting the bottom bottom line over here? Absolutely. And that's, that's the key thing that, um, they talk about in, um, so this book is interesting because it, there isn't really like a difference between the first, uh, you know, the, the first chapter and the second chapter. It's kind of just like, all right, let's continue along these lines. Right. And they're talking about um, they get into the proxy kiss, which we we know about. We've talked about before in podcasts. Right. Um, and they talk about uh, the Anziani and the, the, the elders that basically control the clan that you're you're sort of paying up to right it's a it's a very um old world italian mentality basically <laughs> you 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 know you have the elders of your family right and you're always sort of like you're you're sort of paying homage to those elders to the older ones and this clan is very specifically like hey we're a fucking family so you you pay up the chain right your sire your sire sire etc and they talk about you earning and they talk about that proxy kiss and how that plays into it, into the social structure of the clan. And that can be a very difficult, difficult situation to sort of swim through as well. One of the other fascinating things in here is about everyone's perception about the Giovanni is that they only let in those people they control. Right. You know what I mean? But in here, they talk about uh, the Penagolin, right? And that's the Southeast Asian uh, golden courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kindra the East to get in. They're like basically flesh crafting Zemis is how the Giovanni understand them. Right. They're that equivalent, that sinister. And they have a definite interest uh, in, in the spirits of the dead as well. And these are people they consult on a regular basis because guess what they get to do in China, according to the world of darkness, you know? And, and for that matter, it is pretty much true in terms of uh, the darker version of the real world. China has its own rules separate from the whole world. And that's not passing judge or making a distinction. It's just a fact. So in the world of darkness, they highlight this, too, by saying the Cathayans, the kindred of the East, they have their own courts, their own styles, their own terminology, their own different weird powers. You know, stranger to this Western kindred. Most importantly, they know death in a different, unique way. There's all these like very interesting, smaller, minor families, the Putinesca, the Gabardi, the Rosalini. I like the Rosalini because the way that the Giovanni refer to them in here is they're like, yeah, they're that that little family of necromancers that we let in. But if you think we're bad, oh boy, their idol is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, we'll do what we got to do. But man, they just start with atrocity and move up from there. <laughs> they cut right to the quick. Right. Um, we have uh, a couple of ones that are really not very deeply explored like the saint john the rothsteins the koenig i'd like to know more they're not really too super explored in here so they're kind of left up for the storyteller and other little you know fictitious areas where you can check out the giovanni they're a diverse family they've got lots of folks that are in and um they're they're always looking to grow this book gives you detailed cultural distinction right, right? they go in depth about who they were as mortals you need that culture piece because this gives you an idea of you know, it goes beyond. If you think about the Ventru and the Bruhan, how those books were written, you don't really get a mortal line that they would choose from. There's not really a, a constant, yeah, those guys. Right. We choose from that stock. This is like one of the first clans. In fact, I think I would argue the only clan that makes that distinction and says, hey, yeah, we keep it close. 
Right. You know, because this is how we keep being consistently good. You know, they're very UML in that regard. <laughs> consistently adequate. They also add that culture piece is that, okay, now that you're dead, how do you function? How do you operate? And they paint that picture, right? They do that with the intro story as well show you kind of how they are and how it has to be. And they are not a kumbaya family. No, that's the other thing. You know, so many people fall into this trap across the clans and maybe people have picked up on it by now. I, as Bob, am not a fan ever of a clan of, of a group of players who decide that because we have the same clan, we're now the, the book club, you know, mm -hmm. no, you know, the, the biggest villain of that is clan Tremere. We're all Tremere now, so we're all family. Do you think so? I, let's just look out for each other. They are, they're definitely, um, I mean, I would say it's almost ingrained into like the Bruja ideology. Like in most circumstances, when, when I've seen Bruja played, it's like, hey, we're all Bruja. Let's go to this Bruja meeting and we'll talk shit out. The way that that clan is written is very much like, yeah, they do that, but then it's just arguments, right? For 45 minutes and then people <laughs> get beat up. But a lot of times right. players miss that very core aspect of like, we are all rabble. We are all individuals with our own ideas and we're all rebelling against something and it's rarely ever the same thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, we all fucking hate the Ventru because, and then 10 people are like, that's not why we hate him, you fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> because it's a clan and I feel, not not to segue too much, but their, their distinction for the Bruja is that turmoil. Right. There's always something moving us forward. There's always that angst to crack the whip on ourselves to to be become something that we see an ideal if you will but the giovanni pretty much say flat out that we're a family right absolutely we're family and because of that we will elders included we will cart blanche stomp over anybody who tries to jack up our family because that's how we've survived right because that's who we are and i often say this the tremere mode of playing is what the giovanni should be Right. Because that's how they're written. But understand that in the Giovanni house, things are twisted and for good reason. How they keep order even, right? If right. you and I both bring up to an elder, an Anziani, that we want to embrace particular people who have the proxy kiss or even not the proxy kiss, and we have them are like, hey, you know, I would like to embrace this guy. We, we can't let on that we're excited to do it. Otherwise, that elder's going to pull some trick to make it tighter right. and say, hey, you know, Nate, you embrace Bob's Bob, you embrace Nate's and because you both don't uh, necessarily give a shit about that guy, it'll bring you closer together because you'll have to learn to function family first. Right, absolutely. They, they talk about that in the book here where they, where they mention the reason why I want to embrace Bob is different than the reason why the person that's going to embrace Bob wants to embrace him, and it's a different reason than what the elder who's allowing Bob to get embraced wants. And it's a different reason than his mother wanted when she put him up for the embrace, right? Everybody has right. a different reason, but everybody has a place, right? When you get embraced, there's a reason for it. There's a purpose. You may not even know what that purpose is. You may end up inadvertently fucking up the reason why you were embraced. And hey, you know what? Sorry. That's just how shit happens because you are an asset. You love him, blow him. But we're not right. embracing him because he's too useful running the stocks. Sorry. You were really excited about that guy who started all that Krav Maga bullshit, Jim. Yeah, but it turns out he made a chain and he still has to do public appearances. So he's not getting it this April 4th. So right. we'll see next year. If it dies down or, you know, we find somebody else or whatever, we'll talk then. And why I mentioned April 4th, that's an important day because every year the Giovanni get together and bring the would be embraced people, the ghouls and the proxy kiss people, right? Out to like they fly them out to Venice. 
and they kind of hang out at the big party, right? Right. And the mortals have no idea why they're there. I mean, that's fascinating to me, right? And and in a way, that's cool. Right. It's like a group of vampires, our uncles and aunts are sitting there in a special room that we can't enter. And all afternoon, we've been partying it up and having a good time. And uh, I say that loosely, right? Because it's really in a dark fashion. Most people aren't even certain why they were there. You know, I really feel that the opening story is something that opens everyone's eyes to what that April 4th day is. Because right. it really does get in depth with it. But that date is literally where business gets done. Who's going to get, they make the embrace of business, right? I, as a Giovanni can't just embrace someone, you know, I'm certain it's been done, but it's definitely not the thing to do. And if I'm going to just embrace someone, put them in the books and think of it mob style, right? If I'm going to all of a sudden say you're a made man, I better damn well make sure it's because the elders wrote you in the book. Right. And, and I just wanted to touch on something because obviously there many correlations can be drawn between the mafia and clan Giovanni, right? But we need to make sure what perspective of the mafia we're looking at. It's very Mario Puzo Godfather mafia. It's a lot less, but could also be Goodfellas mafia. It's less of like the Goomba. It's less of like, I'm going to go down to the shore with my Gumar and more like, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse <laughs> if you if you get the difference between those those you know those concepts so like yeah it certainly has like ties to organized crime and um you know that like Italian bent but it's it's much much more like dark room black hand ritual kind of mafia what I always hear when I, I hear that distinction when it puts in my head to help people out the mafia is ruthless by reputation and what people have seen in media. And I think, you know, the author and, and Achille um, developed this perfect in this clan and saying that we're not, of course we got ties in the mob, but that's not who we are. And odds are they got their stick from us. You know right. what I mean? We got a family for that. Right. When, when everyone's competing to stick out, to get, get that bump. And by bump, I mean, to become immortal, those mortals aren't aware they're doing it for that. Right. Like they talk about top athletes, you know, top honors and classes, getting the best lifestyle possible so they can be the very best they can coming around and kind of strutting their stuff in front of an elder the whole time. They think they're just following in, a, in a, an aloof uncle or aunt who's been in their life forever, you know, and every big thing they've ever done, they've been there helping them out. Meanwhile, behind a closed blackened door in the house. It's an it's usually a super elder sitting amongst the Anziani as they debate and try to buck, you know, favor to get who they want to strengthen their side for whatever their agenda is in the clan. But it's all the one thing to make sure the clan moves forward and is stronger for it. And back to what you said, Nate, that's what makes it unique about the in-game author of the book here, highlighting the fact that you can't be some American slob Giovanni idiot. Right. It's a clan of overachievers, right? It is a family of overachievers who are all trying to be the best they can possibly be for some vague reward right and so you're always vying amongst your own family to be the best possible at whatever you can be right like if if let's say bob you made muffins right you better make the best fucking muffins ever because right. that could be what they're looking for. That could be what the elders of the family are looking for. Because we don't really know what's going on. We just know something's going on. 
And if we're not the very best we can be, the family may not have that that vaunt, you know that that super desired job. So you best be the best. So it's not it's not a clan of you know fat pasty eaten idiots at all. It's definitely not that. So that's important. That's something to keep in mind. It is. And uh, one of the other things I like about this book that makes it distinctive, they actually get into what Wraith powers can be. Mm-hmm. And that's a big segue from what we were talking about. But yeah. I was just thinking, you know, we really want to touch on it. Right. The the Wraith powers they talk about are like low level. They, they separate thaumaturgy powers that could represent it. You know, low level thaum, like moving of the mind, right. some chimeras you can substitute, you know, uh, moving of my fan mentioned I could do too. But then they're like, and then those uncommon powers that definitely affect shit, like lore of flames. Right. You know what I mean? That this is all within the parlance of what a wraith could do. And which is why it's important that if a Giovanni deals as a storyteller, if they're dealing with a wraith, they better make sure they know how to control that wraith. Because if that deal goes sour, you're now being hunted by a ghost who could potentially set your haven on fire at high noon. You right, know what I mean? Right, of course. This, that, that's, that's a whole thing, which brings right into the background of spirit slaves. Right. There are some people who try to make spirit slaves not a bad thing, which Slave, doesn't make sense. Enslaving spirits. <laughs> right. Exactly. Spirit slaves is in the title, right? Slaves right. aren't good. Right. Right. Never have been good. Race don't like it. Guess what? Neither do humans. Right. And so when, it, when it's there and you think about it, the, they give you some crunch ideas on how to, how to bring that out. But I, I need you to understand and really feel it when you read this, because it's exactly what I got. What they're communicating home is in the example, for instance, that they give is that Brent chooses to have three dots in the spirit slave's background. That means he could have three spirits doing his bidding. Note that. Three spirits doing his bidding. You know, and he gives an example of their their powers and whatever they could do. He says, alternately, he could choose to have two servants, again, servants, one weak and one who also possesses uncommon power to add that total number that you get for it. But then it says, finally, he could choose to have a single servant with a rare power or with two uncommon powers just to spice things up. Right. But under every description, they are owned by that guy. Right. You Absolutely. Know, they, that- they have to listen to him. Well, why is it so important, Bob? Why are you driving it home? Glad you asked, Nate. The, <laughs> the, the point is, is that both Nate and I have encountered people who have played Giovanni and it, it doesn't go well. And it doesn't go well because people think that when you have access to race, all they are are super messengers. Or they're just your your pal that lives on the other side. They just they just live over there, right? They're just the guys that lives over there. No, it's not that at all. They, they even they even caution, right? You can be the type of um, owner that actually cares about their wraith. At least you make that wraith believe that, because at some point you may not be controlling them. I love they put that in there. It's like you know, you it's possible to do the whole pimp slap. I'm your daddy now, bitch routine on a on a specter you know, a spectral that you get, but don't expect the long-term obedience you can squeeze out of a spirito, which is a wraith highlighting. Don't forget the, what they know as specters, the spectro, they're dark spirits to begin with though, but you can control them. That's the thing to understand. You can control those entities, but those entities seek to break your control to kill you. Right. Whereas a normal wraith, they have fetters. There's ways to control them that you have, but those people, you're more apt to be able to reason to screw them over again down the road if need be. You know, CYA with that. And I feel that that kind of highlights the entire family. Yeah. You know, and in this book, the clan book, they do amazing artwork once again, in my opinion. I love the artwork in here because the pictures chosen just really detail what this family's about. 
like they have one that gives you a very um, renaissance photo of all of them out in a field that pose for a photo you know picture telling a thousand words but they're all giovanni right? right and it's everybody in here just seems sinister but they're of this cut from the same cloth and then on the ne- next couple pages there's one distinguished when they start talking about what the Giovanni did once they got embraced off the bat, it's a Giovanni cutting the head off of some vampire. The best thing for you to read is the section that is entitled Ghostbusters. It fucking ain't. <laughs> right. I forgot about that, but yeah. <laughs> they talk to you, the player about how to temper your perspective to this clan. You shouldn't be like, well, I got a, I got a Wraith Laura five. So I know everything, bitch. I don't know shit. Right. I don't know shit. You, you put your toe in the water and you wrote a diary while you did it. Right. That sure is cute, but there's a whole lot more beyond that. Yeah. So one thing about ghosts is that they're all on a mission and feel very strongly about it. Remember that fact. Ghosts are tied to physical inanimate things. The objects are called catenia, also known as fetters in English. So we'll just keep it at that. The third thing you need to know about wraiths is that they need emotion to survive, right? So these are the things that you know. And you can build off of that. But at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck what you know about spirits unless it's helping us gain more of them for a ritual we need to do to end the fucking world. <laughs> right? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And it only makes sense. And here's the thing to remember. When you look at this book, I mean, let me just retract that statement. Not a thing to remember. A cool Easter egg about the Giovanni family and raised in general from that, from that angle of passion fuels the wraiths, right? There's a book, a series out by Brian Lumley called Necroscope, right? We, <laughs> sorry, you and I talked, sorry. I think you and I bonded on the Giovanni uh, over this very I fact. I fucking love, yeah, absolutely. So there's a main villain in it, right? Boris Dragosani. Mm-hmm. And, and Boris Dragosani does this act that they mimic in a novel in White Wolf. I know it's an homage to it. It's uh, done by Isabella Giovanni. And in White Wolf, just to keep it legit here, um, Isabella Giovanni literally molests her own ancestor's skeleton. Right. I, I do mean molest. Gets naked, does things with bones, you know. We can leave it at that. It's but you get common, how graphic yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And she's totally angering the Wraith because that those bones are a fetter of her of her grandmother. You know, but she's gonna do the bidding that she asked for. And even in the, if my memory holds, the grandmother asks, Why can't you just ask me to do something? And it's because Isabella knows as a necromancer, the grandmother is fueled by that anger. That disrespect just gave her the fuel and power she needed to get the job done that Isabella was about to ask her, which highlights, again, a storytelling tool. You know, it's not just a matter of, okay, I got to piss this wraith off so it has the power to go open the door. You don't know it like that. You just know that they feed on that energy. Right. They're easier, that, they're, easier sorry, to con- they're easier to control and manipulate when they're angry. When they have less right. control, it gives you more control. Yeah, best said. That's, like, that's perfect. They're like your hot-headed neighbor, right? You just uh, you know play your music real loud and uh, bang on the floor and make sex noises, and he'll come and bang on your door. <laughs> that's all you got to do. <laughs> you just got to piss him off. Did and, you just describe a ritual for summoning neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> the ritual for summoning neighbors. So the Giovanni are at a position in, in the clan book here as of 2001, where they're like, damn, something bad happened um, in the Shadowlands, right? There is this huge maelstrom, similar to the ones that happened during World War One and World War Two, but it definitely seems different than those because it seems to have originated from within the Shadowlands. 
right? So it's this huge fucking storm that basically just exploded shit in every direction. And the Giovanni, they have these, like, they have pens. They have, like, essentially, like, vast farms of wraiths in the Shadowlands. Like, it's it's actually kind of disturbing when you think about it, but, like, Mm -hmm. concentration camps full of wraiths for this for this ritual it reminded me of 13 ghosts right and when this new uh this new maelstrom occurred it basically shot everything off in a bunch of different directions and it fucked up their their whole like harvest of spirits right it like destroyed you know by various accounts like half of all their reserves right so basically kind of like all this work that they've been doing for centuries kind of screwed up so that's the bad part about it the easy part about it is, or the, the good part about it is is that it has weakened the the you know the uh the barrier between the world of the dead and the world of the living and so it's it's made things a little bit different and also you know in a lot of cities they're like oh man whatever happened must be the giovanni and the giovanni are like yeah we did it fucking does that scare you yeah, it does. All right, cool. Then we did it. Common misconception that Giovanni probably held close to their head on purpose is that uh, people think that they're just wraiths. Well, yeah, in a way. Sure, they're just ghosts, but they also know that they can put those ghosts in bodies to be one hell of a servant. And the uh, they give you two examples in here. One is a shambler. The other one's a true risen. What's a shambler? A shambler is basically what they refer to lovingly from the, vo- the voodoo angle of a zombu which is a dull-witted ghost put back in a physical body and bound to it in the form of a servant. And they're very, they're highly resistant, but they're really, they're just not bright. You know, they're, they're literally there to obey the law and the letter. And uh, normally it's, it's a lot of ritual to make them, right? You got to remove a soul, place a soul in specifically necromantically prepare a body to inhabit it, all that fun stuff. And then you have a one good shambler and they're normally hard to make after the maelstrom. For whatever reason, these things started popping up in twos and threes. And the answer is Nate already, already nailed that one is because when the maelstrom hit, the Giovanni lost all their farm stores. Right. And whatever was binding these people, uh, binding these spirits where they were, some of them found themselves ejected right back to their body. But whatever occurred in the maelstrom, which I'm about to talk about, um, shattered, uh, a lot of who they were. And so they just end up back in these bodies to be controlled by whoever can have the necromancy to to force them to follow. Second type is what they refer to as a risen. Now, risens are very tricky entities, and it's a very bold move to actually include them, uh, to me, in the revised clan book, because it, it brings up a lot more questions than I would say in answers. But they, it's because they're one hell of a plot device. Um, Arisen is basically, uh, from the Giovanni perspective, it's a type of ghost that found their way back to their body, right? So understand this. When God made us and we came into living, basically there's an imprint of our soul bound to our body, that we're we're forever in it until we're dead. And when life forces us out because it's gone, we follow wherever that spirit's supposed to go, the end. However, if we find our way back to our body, and something kind of circumvents the law like necromancy um, or whatever that may have been, we find ourselves in our corpse reanimated. And those are referred to as risen. And the risen are fully intelligent and are pretty unique in all sorts of ways. One being 
not only highly resistant and more powerful than you were in life, you also find yourself being able to mimic a lot of the physical disciplines of the undead as vampires are known. And these equivalent disciplines are pretty hectic. Um, I say hectic because uh, in the form of chaotic, you know, this, this hyper energy because they're beings fueled by pure passion. So it's like shock. You still have to obey these wraith imperatives, even though you're back in your body, but now you have the physical ability to pursue it yourself. Right. And you know, there, there may be a sliding time scale. They never give one, but they, they recommend you do right. Because you're not going to sit around and wait to see who's going to avenge the, you know, who shot you. Right. And you know, he was a, he was a cop of this town. You just don't remember what he looks like. You've got very important business you need to get taken care of. And let's give you a pop culture reference, shall we? It's the crow. Right. Right. This guy killed, girlfriend was killed, and he's brought back to life to avenge their deaths. That's very much what it is. Now, that's not saying that every Risen is going to be Eric Draven. Uh, Not by any means, but these are individuals with unshakable goals, often complex ones requiring planning and many steps. They are not tolerant of anyone who gets in their way. So don't get in their way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. They're things that uh, they highlight that you would need. uh, They reference a ritual, right? The Bastone stick. The uh, basically folks would know it as uh, it's a horrific ritual, but allows you to it's a wreath be good stick. I can directly damage spirits of the dead. That'll work in the risen provided it doesn't shove it up my ass <laughs> right. right that's just what they're like you need a lot more help than our typical compulsion do what i say shtick and i i love the reference uh but why why do we mention those two things is because when the maelstrom hit people found themselves back to their body right and revenge for a necromancer sucks at that point right. but it, it is definitely possible because i weakened the barrier between realms right that's what the maelstrom has done right now what is the maelstrom um I, lo- I love this because it's basically out of game, right? Perspective. I think it's White Wolf's way of saying goodbye, True Hand. The race teamed up and found the nuke, right? right from from uh, that, that bomb Japan back in the World War. And there's a wraith equivalent of that bomb. So the horrendous damage it did on this side and how it shocked the world to this very day. And when they discovered it, you got to understand the race proved that the Giovanni for a long time suspected they had some form of social hierarchy that really didn't like necromancers, but fuck them, what can they do? Right. And then they were like, uh, we can nuke you again. Well, and, it, what? and you know, they, they talk about how um, in here they say that, um, oh, well, you know, finally the spirits like seem to have gotten together and accomplished something, which is all well and good if it didn't also fuck them. Right. <laughs> and that's the that's the catch 22. So this nuke goes off again and goodbye, true hand and what's there. But I ne- I need people to remember this. The misconception is the fact that. Oh, well, the reason why the surviving uh, Cappadocians, you know, the Harbingers of Skulls, hate the Giovanni so much is what they did back in the day. Yeah, add to the fact that a nuke was dropped on and almost wiped out the survivors that were in the underworld to begin with. Well, why did that occur twice? Well, uh, the Giovanni family is a big indicator. The other one is is vampires have been screwing with the dead since since there was vampires right since you could perform a ritual to screw with the dead you know the reverence for spirits uh the re- the reverence for spirits is not new not right. by any means but also the other side effect of this is all the weak wraiths all the spirits that were kind of like easily manipulatable or um easily bound pretty much are gone right they they, they were destroyed right. so all that's left are kind of like the beefy ones that were able to survive that maelstrom so that's the other thing that the giovanni at this current uh, juncture are dealing with um so 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, as of revised on the edge of Gehenna, that's where the clan basically is. And to piggyback off that explanation, which is beautiful, Nate, uh, the fact is, is that the Maelstrom also messes with Nigromancy, right? Directly. Right. Because that Maelstrom actually weakened the boundary uh, between the living and the dead. So it's almost like Sidario could have happened if we had enough nukes. Right. And in a way, true. Uh, but it, it didn't. Uh, it happened yet. But what it did do was make it to where the common necromancer powers used. It's like Oblivion grew stronger. This this nothingness that feels the specters apparently has a sense of humor. Because if you're one who likes to summon souls, for instance, you could mess up or do something at, at random. And they give an idea of a crunch in here where even on a simple failure, instead of summoning the wraith you wanted, you summon multiple specters. Right. Right. Oh, right. shit. Did, Who's did that now? <laughs> right. It's like, oh, shit. I wanted Bobby, who shot himself in the head, and I told him I'd help him through it and give him some some semblance of peace, which is great. But I still need him to tell me what went on with that center with that blackmail tape. But meanwhile, I go to summon him, and I get, you know, Dahmer, Gacy, and whatever you get, sick thing you get the the specter gang that haunts the neighborhood and you're like, <laughs> right. it just shows up to eat you, my man? face who the fuck are you uh <laughs> i'm 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 todd giovanni well, you're gonna fucking die tonight todd giovanni oh shit i need to get out of here like but wait there's more right <laughs> and one of my one of my favorite things here is the classic annoying powers it seems white wolf like you know has listened for you storytellers out there who had giovanni players were running buckshot with necromancy thinking there's no downside and it's it's because again i like the company white wolf because their writers have a sense of humor you know what i mean it's yeah. like they get it when a power has been abused they always have found a way to counter it you know and usually do it tongue-in-cheek you know summoning right. soul was one that was abused to no end the other one shambling hordes who hasn't dealt with that player who gunned for that power just to have an army of zombies running around beating up their enemies during the day right it's they all did it. Hmm. And this one says, yeah, that's great. Uh, but have them botch it and watch them shambling hordes rip apart the summoner. <laughs> right. You know, oh, right. Wah, wah. I botch it. I guess nothing happens. Uh, yeah, right. something does. You like Night of the Living Dead? Me too. Right. And and they, they put in here, hey, all these things, these are all updates, you know, as the world has changed. These are all things that you can definitely add into your game. You know, you don't have to if you don't want to. But like, this is how it should be as of now, right? The things that have changed in the in the material world versus the world of of the dead, well, you know, they affect this clan's specialty, their powers to manipulate. So, um, it's to me, it's very entertaining stuff, right? It's a, uh, yep. it's very, it's very interesting, uh, and um, you know, it, it gives you freedom as a storyteller to kind of move around. Um, and now. I'm going to do something very delicious for me and Nate to do for all of you. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm a dick, but you're going to call me that. Um, there are cane bros out there who are going to hate me for this, but you need to hear it. I'm, I'm in print too. In this book, it tells you exactly what the spirit manipulation path of thaumaturgy isn't, and it's not necromancy. Sorry. The spirits you can mess with in there are simply not affected, right? That spirit manipulation is distinctly a whole different sect of spirit powers. And according to Giovanni Revised, we don't care what spirits they affect because it isn't the dead. What do you mean, Bob? What 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 spirits are you talking about? 
So spirit manipulation thaumaturgy says its powers of this path are unaffected, right? Uh-huh. The demons of the spirit world seem to be radically different from the ghosts lingering beyond the shroud. And so if you don't know, they're referring to the spirits of dun 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 werewolf the apocalypse. Oh. Huh. All right. So it's they're exactly not, what it's referring to. They're not to. talking about like the Wraithly spirits? No, not at all. Because those are called what? Ghosts. Right. Spirits of the dead hence necromancy that's the theme would you say that they're in a different planier location (laughs) (laughs) yes i would i would say it twice you know that's (laughs) that's how adamant i am about that uh why is it a big thing Uh, honestly with humor aside and cheekiness out it can get confusing yeah right For, for people who didn't know of both worlds being different you read it and thought well if it's spirits it must be all spirits and i'll just ad lib and throw in what i want this is one of those things where lack of knowledge can hurt you and right. just, just be armed. Cause they make that distinction. Literally four sentences, less than four sentences sums up everything they feel about it. You know, which the Giovanni don't feel anything about it. Cause that's thaumaturgy. Uh-huh. Oh, just doesn't rate. And I just, I want to make mention too, before we wrap this up, the, there is one of the, one of the shittiest. And when I say shittiest, I mean like worst for the character flaws I've ever seen in this book. And it's called Shadow Walker, where basically, <laughs> like, you're tied to both the land of the living and the land of the dead. Like, your body sort of exists in two locations. You 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 exist on both sides of the scenario. It's essentially, you can't see what is in the underworld, but, like, you are affected by it. <laughs> so it's essentially like walking around blind, constantly bumping into things that aren't actually in the material world. And I was just like, you, you'd need like a, like a seeing eye spirit. What a shitty asshole flaw. (laughs) Like, Hey, you're, you can't even see what's over there until you get a power that lets you do that. Right. So if you don't even have that power, you're just, you're just like constantly bumping into shit. That's probably it. Right. It's probably it. That is man. Uh, Again, we do get another slew of uh, very, very different uh, characters. You can play too at base template. Right. And these ones, you know, and again, these are tailored to the family, right? right? As where they should be from. Letting you know that there is such a thing as having a having a stereotype that rocks. You know what I mean? Right. Fits fits the shoes just fine, as they say. Yeah. No, absolutely. I uh I think that um this, like every other clan book, um, if if you've never played this clan before, they're here for you, right? They're here so you can play them. They're fully realized characters um this is a good way to jump into them they're all very interesting very entertaining characters you know that's uh that's how you do and then of course at the end we have uh kind of like the the who's who of the giovanni clan and that's it you know that's that's the wrap that is uh open and shut right um so uh what are your final thoughts about clan book giovanni revised bob I and naturally, I mean, I feel we said it, but it's to make it simpler. It's a badass book. I mean, to not own it and call yourself a Giovanni fan is just not doing the job. Yeah, um, I I think uh, it's definitely a. It is one of my favorite reads as far as the clan books are concerned, and I, I like I like stuff that has this kind of voice to it, right? Like I I enjoy this clan because of its the voice with which it is written and it is written from the perspective of here's the fucking deal. Go do your shit and and leave us the fuck alone. Right. We're villains, but we're not, 
And, you know, it's like, uh, it's like when you talk about the mafia or organized crime, like those guys, you know, in their minds, Hey, we're just providing for our family. Right. Same thing. Yep. I enjoyed this book. I enjoy this clan. It's worth it for anybody. If you have the opportunity to play in a Giovanni, uh, game or play a Giovanni in a game where there are multiple people because it's it, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to address briefly, we have been told that it is pronounced Giovanni, right? Yep. But I have talked to people here in the States whose last name was Giovanni and they pronounced it Giovanni. So I think that the difference is the the language obviously we're not italian we've never been to italy and we don't have really a lot of italian in our in our dialogue so um we know it's pronounced giovanni but also an american giovanni would pronounce it giovanni that's what that's where we're from (laughs) and i even think yeah but the thing is too it's like giovanni rubisi right right that's his name is giovanni there's there's people where right. it's a, it's a, you know is it your surname you know or what have you that matters too yeah and changing how it's pronounced but ultimately we all know what we're referring to and in the world of communication as long as we get what we're all getting at right we're Absolutely. doing the job yeah and you know a lot of a lot of these terms like they're not something that we would use in conversation like sidario or uh, dispotter right like those are not part of the english like typical english lexicon so yeah we're going to brutalize it it it's just it happens um but we'd love to hear you know per different perspectives on on the language so um you know if you have one shoot it to us but understand we're doing the best that we can with, <laughs> with what we've been given we've uh, got the uh, best it is the best yeah. we're doing the best that there is with what that it was meant <laughs> right um up next uh it's going to be the last clan book for a while and it's mine and bob's personal favorite clan clan book ravnos um and and uh, all joking aside, I actually enjoy this clan book for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, uh, for every reason I didn't like the original one, I like this one. So um, we're, we'll be back with you next week, Sunday, Nerd Words Podcast. More Giovanni talk, because you can never get enough of necromancy. So ever uh, yeah i guess until then thank you guys for walking through this um while while we're you know kind of in different locations um we're kind of learning our tempo and you know um without bob being in front of me learning how to give pauses and take pauses so you know if it was a little a little disjointed or a little stop start um you know it's free so enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> you know these things happen <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure, for yeah. sure. But uh, it'll it'll just be a couple more weeks of us being alone, and then we'll be back in the same room. But uh, anyways, next week, Clan Book Ravnos. I am Nate, and I'm Bob, and we will talk to you again soon. It's what drives your passions. It's what motivates you. 
Family stands with you at the starting gate and meets you at the finish line to celebrate your success. We understand the value of family and providing the healthcare your family needs. We understand because we are one. Our family helped build America. Our passions drove us to greatness. We use that same passion to help you build your legacy. At Milliner Urgent Care, we've dedicated that legacy to helping American families stay healthy and grow strong. For nearly 100 years, Milliner Healthcare has been a leading medical provider dedicated to the most cost-effective urgent care. You shouldn't have to worry about cost when you worry about your family. Milliner Urgent Care. Together, we're family.